got a special episode for you guys today. I was recently at the Pacific Symposium out in San Diego. It was an opportunity to, of course, learn from all the various teachers out there. But more importantly, I had a chance to talk with a lot of our colleagues and had an opportunity to ask them some questions that have been on my mind about Chinese medicine. And so this is a compilation of some very short interviews with about 25 different folks who attended the conference. Big thank you to LASA OMS, who helped to make it possible for me to be at the Pacific Symposium. I hope that y'all enjoy these short glimpses into the minds and thoughts of our colleagues. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of the solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Pumsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. 
Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app/switch to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code Geological at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Hi, what's your name? Barb Parton. Where are you from? Boston, Mass. Boston, Mass, you came a long way to come here. Yes, I did. You must love Chinese medicine. Well, I've come to this conference a few times because it's different from the East Coast, uh, you know, information, I think. Can I ask you a question or two about Chinese medicine? Because you've been at it like 20 years. That's awesome. I'm curious to know what you have changed your mind about when it comes to Chinese medicine in the past five years. Well, I have sort of a unique practice. I work with all hospice patients, and, I, so I, and I'm not allowed to use uh, Chinese medicine or, or uh, herbal medicine. So I think I've probably come to have a lot more uh, faith in acupuncture. Less is more. Wow, that's wonderful to hear. You've been at it 20 years. Do you have any advice for new practitioners? Open mind, keep trying new things, listen to your elders. That's always hard. Right. Apprentice when you can, no matter how long you've been in practice. Here we go. Hi, what's your name? My name is Andy Ellis. Andy Ellis, where are you from? Wait a second, what's your name? I'm Michael Max, I own this podcast. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> hey, Andy, I'm curious. You've been at this a while. I would like to know what you've changed your mind about in the past five years when it comes to thinking about Chinese medicine? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a, that's a tough one to answer uh, spontaneously. This will be a long subject and I won't go into it, but I would say my, the biggest thing I've realized is that Chinese medicine in the West is not developing the way I had thought it was going to. Could you elaborate just a little bit more? Yeah, I think it has a lot of aspects. It has to do with the educational, uh, the way that education has happened and the way that practice happens and the way that it's being integrated into, into, the, uh, into the medical system that we currently have. So did you not see it being integrated before? Is, it, is there more integration than you had expected? I think I just I hadn't pictured it happening the way it's happening. And I, because I was trained in China, so mostly I, I sort of, pictured it being like it was in China. And uh, of course that was unrealistic, but that's the way, that's the way brains work, you know. It is practiced a bit differently in China than it is here, no doubt about it. I, I, I got one more question for you. What is the worst piece of advice that you ever got about practicing Chinese medicine? Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm a strong proponent of the um, this, the advice given by a poet whose name I've now forgotten, which is shun advice at any price. Now that's what I call good advice. Hi, what's your name? My name is Jan. 
And how long have you been practicing Chinese medicine? 30 years. 30 years? Holy smokes, that's a long time. That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of needles. It's a lot of needles. Hey, I got a couple of quick questions because you've been at it a while. Maybe uh, you can help us understand a, a couple things about Chinese medicine. I'm curious to know what you've changed your mind about in Chinese medicine in the past five years. Well, I'm a nurse as well. So I'm working with people in the allopathic setting as well as being a practitioner. But what's changed my mind is how uh, powerful the herbs are and how they can really interface with the Western medicine, not always in a positive way. You have to be very, very careful. So that's really become quite clear to me. Great, thank you. For new practitioners, have you got any advice for new practitioners? Listen. Have you taken a look at that button that I just gave you? I keep trying to read it, but my eyes aren't that great, so I can't see what it says, but it has a Chinese character on it. It's the Chinese character for listen. <gasps> Love that. It really is the key. All the healing takes place right there. One more question. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten about Chinese medicine? That it works for everything. My name is Dr. Z. Zev Rosenberg. Zevi. <laughs> I got a couple of questions for you real quick. Por favor, senor. How long have you been at this? At this? Chinese medicine. Five lifetimes at least. Okay. I'm curious to know, in the past five years, what have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine? Nothing. Nice. Do you have any advice for new practitioners? Study the Neijing. And what's the worst piece of advice that you've ever been given about Chinese medicine? Integrative medicine. What's your name? Idalie De Gregorio. And where are you from? Baltimore, Maryland. How long have you been doing this? Ten years. Ten years. All right. What have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years? Uh, herbs. I really believed for the longest time that uh, you only needed needles, and now I use herbs. Wow, that's helpful to know. What advice do you have, if any, for new practitioners? Constantly learn. <laughs> Just learn, 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 learn. Endless, isn't it? Yes. And what's the worst piece of advice that you've ever been given about Chinese medicine? To not listen to the patient's story. Hi, what's your name? Paulette. And where are you from? I'm originally from California, and I practice in Redlands. Great. How long have you been at this? 2015, not too long. Hey, it's great. You know, at the beginning, there's a lot to learn, so you just have to like really keep your mind open. I'm curious to know, since you've graduated from school, what have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine? That I need to practice on myself more, get more treatments myself, and be really healthy and on my toes before I address issues on a particular patient. And... What's the best piece of advice you were ever given about starting a practice? To be yourself, make the practice your own, and be authentic. And what's the worst advice you were given? Uh, this is going to sound really bad, but somebody told me that only the quote-unquote Eastern Oriental page, uh, people will make it in this business, which was really a bad advice given to me that from somebody I really loved, and I still love that person. <laughs> that advice was wrong, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. It devastated me for a long while after I took my California boards until I met other people who were not, quote-unquote, Oriental and Eastern, 
and they were doing pretty good and I said I can do this good for you keep at it what's your name and where are you from Nathan Shulman Eugene Oregon how long have you been doing this? 40 years Wow what have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years there's an integral uh, connection between Western and Eastern medicine that needs to be integrated you don't think it does I think it's getting there it's getting there, it's getting there. okay what kind of what advice would you give to someone who's a new practitioner? Take care of yourself first. And what's the worst advice you've ever been given about Chinese medicine? It doesn't work for everything. What's your name? Marley Jackson. And where are you from? Los Angeles, California. Great. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? Well, I graduated in March and I opened in August. Ooh, Gongxi, congratulations. What is the most exciting thing for you about practicing Chinese medicine? I think it's getting to hear everyone's stories. I love that people open up to me and they tell me all about what they're going through in their lives. And I find that you get a deep interaction with people that often you don't get on the street where you just kind of say, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? For that matter, often it's interaction we don't get with our families. Mm, that's true as well. Yeah. <laughs> So I get it that you're pretty new to this yet, but I'm curious to know what is the thing about Chinese medicine at this moment in time that's really got your attention? Something's got you lit up, because something always lights all of us up. What's got you lit up right now? Well, I think it's just the experiences that I've had with it, how much it has helped me through so many hard situations in my life, and so I just want to be able to share that with other people. All right. And <laughs> this is so this is just like a conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly like a conversation. It is nothing else. A little more nerve wracking. <laughs> nerve wracking because uh, just the idea that I know it's being recorded and that I know people will be able to listen to it after this. Well, you know, the cool thing about Chinese medicine is that it's been based on conversation forever, right? You go back and you look at the Huang Di Neijing, it's a conversation between the emperor and an advisor. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it, Chinese medicine is always about dialogue. Interesting. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I might be right. I don't know, but maybe. <laughs> well, also a lot of observation. I mean, in my experience, a lot of teachers don't even say that much. You just watch them. Right. So some of those teachers that you've observed, well, are there any in particular that like really caught your attention with the kind of work that they did? I mean, I think it was simple acupressure techniques that they used where if they noticed that there was a like if someone had a wry neck and then they massaged into their arm and had the person move their neck, then things started to open up. Yeah, that's one of the things that's almost like magical party tricks that you can do with Chinese medicine. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much for a, a few minutes of your uh, time and your thoughts. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Hi, what's your name? Cedar Kennedy. Cedar Kennedy? You're not from Seattle Institute of Oriental Medicine originally, are you? I, I am originally. You're that Cedar Kennedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> what's got you lit up about Chinese medicine these days? Well, after the morning session of the uh, Pacific Symposium first day, what's got me excited is the opportunity to preserve something ancient that I understand was never static. Everything's always 
um, changing and growing all the time. It's like a living document. I get that. But it seems that the pace of change and overlay with things like biohacking and cannabinoids and all of these things, uh, Ancestry.com and your genomes are getting overlaid onto this medicine so fast that if we blink, we will lose it. And so I'm excited about not engaging (laughs) with all of these things and keeping it as I understand it to be in the moment where I came up in this world. And um, which, again, I understand was just a moment in time. It's nothing like a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago. I get it. But I will do my best to hold on to what I have without someone else can handle the cannabinoids and the biohacking. I'm not interested in that. You're old school. I am super old school. I don't own a microwave and I heat my house with fire. Guess what? We have a microwave in our house. You know what my wife does with it? Um, she stores um, plastic bags in it. No, she keeps the herbs in there. Cedar, I got another question for you. You were just talking a moment ago before we turned the recorder on about how the medicine's kind of Talmudic. It's, it's something you capture a moment of it in a slice of time with your current understanding, and then later, given your experience, it turns into something else. You have other ideas. So I'm, I just love the idea of seeing where people are at now as opposed to five years ago. Well, one thing that comes to mind is when I was in school, I remember Craig Mitchell basically saying, um, it's my way or the highway with the patients. Like, you know, take the herbs, do the lifestyle changes, or find another doctor. And I remember saying, don't you think three steps forward and two steps back is still one step forward? And he said, call me in 10 years. (laughs) And so now I remember that conversation and I remind myself that it's still one step forward. But I find it... I have to work harder and dig deeper to find compassion and empathy for people that are, you know, I have a patient who has diabetes and she comes in once a week and complains about how she can't stop eating biscottis. And it's like, what do you want me to do for you? Were you not doing anything for yourself? So I don't know if that's about Chinese medicine or just the practice of medicine and and healing in general, but I'm finding (laughs) like I want to be a little bit more like a dominatrix with my patients, but I but that doesn't work. So lovingly kick ass. Yes. Lovingly. Yeah. The the Buddha of compassionate wrath. Right. The the mother who screams at a child who's about to run in front of a moving car. That's the Buddha of compassionate wrath. It's it's wrath, but it's coming from a place of compassion. And I'm okay with that. But is it the best strategy in a capitalist world and where, you, you know, marketing and money and compassion and health and healing and all these things have to intersect, I'm not sure. Yep. So I'm John Stan. I'm a practitioner of Chinese medicine for 30 years in Canada, and I'm here to interview a innovator and a advocate for the profession, Michael Max. And I've got three questions for him, because he's coming here at the Pacific Symposium and asking all us other practitioners questions. And now I'm going to ask him those same questions that he's asking us. So, question number one, Michael, is what's the most inspirational thing you ever learned about Chinese medicine? The most inspirational thing that I've learned about Chinese medicine is that healing actually does come from the inside. That is so profound. I need a moment here. Ladies and gentlemen, can you just all sit for a second with that? He says, healing happens from the inside. That is so profound. Question number two is, what's the worst thing you learned in Chinese medicine? 
The worst thing, the worst thing that I learned in Chinese medicine is that's a really good question. I'm going to let this percolate a moment. The worst thing. So in what he's trying to do, ladies and gentlemen, is he's not trying to hurt anybody's feelings because he'd have to admit there was something that was not so useful. I am totally happy to put the smack down on anything that I think is not particularly helpful. So I think, but it's just taking me a moment because there's like so many things that I think were not helpful. I think one of the most unhelpful things that I've learned is that trying to understand and measure Chinese medicine from the point of view of conventional medicine is not helpful. We will go wide of our mark. It's a measure that doesn't apply to us. We need to measure our medicine by our standards and by the frameworks that we use to practice the medicine. And thinking that we can use this other method just because it's accepted by the conventional consensus reality in medicine, it just doesn't hold water. What is the gold measure? Your clinical results. Here you go, right from the master, semi-master's mouth. But last question, the final question is, for all those novices out there that are just beginning their practices full of ambition and vision and heart and want to change the world, how can you help them do that? How can I help all these new practitioners out there? What advice do you have for the new practitioners? Uh, advice for the new practitioners. The cultivation of your business is part of your self-cultivation. That's true. It all comes from within. Who you are is what you manifest. Not only that, but the practice of your practice is not separate from your practice. To say that I'm a healer, not a business person, means you're cutting off all kinds of resources in yourself. It not only will not help you be successful, but it will not help you be a better healer because the places where you have shadow material are the places where you will not be able to help others. Wow, and thank you, Michael Max, and thank you for Geological. We are loving it in the world today. Thank you. What's your name and where are you from? My name is John Scott. I'm a doctor of oriental medicine uh, from New Mexico. How long have you been doing oriental medicine? I graduated in 1982 from Santa Fe College of Natural Medicine. In the past five years, what have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine? What have I changed my mind about? Wow. What a thing to ask a guy. I don't know about changing my mind, but to really get a, a sense of all the different streams of Chinese medicine, um, you know, classical, traditional, postmodern, and uh, various uh, distal point uh, strategies. And, and, you know, because when you're just in practice or when you're going to school, you just learn what your teachers taught you. And then when you're out in the world, you get exposed to all these other streams. And that's pretty, oh, well, it's mind expanding for one thing. But as far as like, what do I change my mind about? Well, that's a good question. Ah, you should have gave me some preparation time for that one. Hello, everyone. Anne Cecil Sturman here. 
a working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel or the sea of yang, the primal reservoir of yang which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvelous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. You did just fine. Have you got any advice for new practitioners? Uh, what do you call it? Study and practice. Keep on growing. Apply yourself. Uh, everybody's suffering. So get busy and treat people and touch people. Transform lives. That's, that's your mission. What's the worst advice that you've received around Chinese medicine? The worst advice that I've seen is for people to be stuck in rigid formations and to think that they know everything that they need to know. My name is Michelle. I'm from Escondido, California. How long have you been at this? Uh, two years now. Great. So you've, got, so you've got beginner's mind. Yes, I guess so. I love it. What is it that you love about Chinese medicine? Uh, I, love the, um, I love that we can treat people where they are at that moment and change our treatment as they change. I absolutely love that. Was there any good advice that you were given when you first started out? Um, I think the best advice I got was just don't lose your passion. Take care of yourself first so you can take care of your clients. And I love that. What do you think the biggest misconception about Chinese medicine is? That it hurts, that it's painful, that the needles hurt. Yeah, and um, I also think that people originally think it's just for pain. What's your name and where are you from? Uh, my name is Matthew Lasada. I'm from uh, Kelso, Washington. Kelso, Washington? I'm, I used to live in Seattle. Really? <laughs> We're not too far away. Maybe. Great Northwest. Yeah, exactly. It's that time of year. Yes, it is. How long have you been doing this? About three years. Awesome. So you still have a little bit of beginner's mind left in you. I do. I remember some stuff from school. I'm curious, you know, as we learn and as we practice, we change our minds about a lot of things. Anything that you've changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine since you began to practice? Not really. I st I'm still in that, that Chinese medicine frame of mind, but um, I think I'm, I'm more geared towards the Western side because where I'm at, that's all people will understand. So I'm trying to relate the TC or the Chinese medicine side to the Western side, and trying to find an equal ground where we can where, where we can um, communicate with my patients how to uh, how this works. Any good advice that you got when you started out? Take your pride out of out of it. And some people get better, and some people they need to help themselves. I guess is is the problem. 
We can't always help everybody. We can't always help everybody, yes. What's the worst piece of advice that you were ever given about Chinese medicine? The worst piece of advice? Acupuncture treats everything. That was the worst piece of advice that I've, I've gotten. Kind of hurt my pride a few times. The truth is helpful. The truth is helpful, yes, agreed. Yes, hi, sir. What's your name and where are you from? Deborah Shargell, Debbie. Uh, I'm from Oakland, California. How long have you been at this? 23 years, about 23. So you're about mid-career. Uh, beginning. I'm curious to know what you've changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years. Oh, what I've changed my mind about. Boy, I'm stalling to have more time. Um, I think in the last five years, I have realized I am so much at the beginning and not midway. I, I think I have, going off of what you said, I, I really feel like I'm, I'm just getting a hang of it. I've just started to read the classics, um, you know, the, seriously considering the Shang Han Lun, Wen Bing. Oh, okay, now I'm ready for the classics. So, yeah. That's great. You've been at it 20 plus years. What advice would you have for a new practitioner? Find your teachers and study with them. Give them what they need. Pay attention. Listen to your teachers. Listen to your teachers. Find, find those masters. What's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? The worst advice? I don't really remember. I don't, I don't think I remember bad advice. I think, I hope it's gone. I really hope it's gone. I'd have to, I'd have to go back through my notes and look and see what, like, oh my God, that was so, that was so bad. But I, I don't remember. What's your name and where are you from? My name is Etty Chal. I'm from San Diego. How long have you been at this? 20 plus years. 20 plus years. You're just starting to get the hang of it, huh? Yes, exactly. You just start to figure out, get your stride about year 18. I'm curious to know what you've changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years. Five years. My big change of mind was more like nine years ago when I started studying, ten years ago, I would say, when I started studying with Arno Varslus of uh, ICEAM. I really started veering towards the classics at that point, the Shanghan Lun and Jingwei, and focusing my study mostly on those. So you've been at this a while. What advice would you give to a new practitioner? Keep studying. Keep diving deep into Chinese medicine classics. And continue, continue the efforts. It's hard to get practice established. It takes two, three years. But once you do, it's very rewarding. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? <laughs> what a question. Uh, incorporating supplements like into your practice and um, and also uh, trying to sell a lot of people have been trying to get me to sell uh, like what do you call those multi multi-level marketing products to um, basically increase financial draw of your practice and um, I find I've always stayed away from those What's your name and where are you from? Michael Turk, and I'm from Paradise, California. Paradise, that's a great name. How long have you been at this? 
What's that? How long have you been at this Chinese medicine thing? Oh, um, since 1968. 1968? Wow. Okay. All right. I got a couple of questions here. What have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years? Fasting. I read a book, Taoist Dietary Practices, and I'd been my health had been deteriorating for the last five to ten years. And when I read about how fasting can reverse aging, uh, it was just kind of a subnote in the book, but. Something went on, and I studied about it, and I've been fasting with Chinese herbs for a year now, and most people who see me after a year, especially at this conference, are saying, what happened to you? You look so much younger, and you've got so much more energy. Wow, that's great. Concerning new practitioners, any advice for people just starting out in this profession? Yes. Know what you do and make it and know how long it takes your work to be done so that when people come to see you, you can say, if I'm not successful after three, four, five treatments, 10 treatments, 20 treatments, whatever, and the success might only be a little bit. But what I tell my patients, if you don't see a difference after three treatments, I probably can't help you. If you do see a difference, it's not going to take longer than 10 treatments to get you to 80 to 90% improvement, in which case it's time for you to take over. Hi, what's your name and where are you from? Janet Borges, uh, Richmond, Virginia. How long have you been at this Chinese medicine thing? About 16 years. Ooh, mid-career. 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 I'm curious to know what you've changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years. Hmm. Many things, actually. I've come to practice more practically than I was taught in school. So some of the things that I was interested in when I was in school, I no longer work with. I also have come to, I've kind of made a return back to um, more herbs and more, um, more straight-ahead traditional Chinese medicine than I was doing for a while. What advice would you give to a new practitioner? Uh, I, new practitioner, I would say know your market where you are. Like after you graduate from school and while you're in school, make sure that you're where you want to be as a practitioner and that you can build a clientele and a following and a community before you get out of school. Unless you want to move to the Midwest, where we would certainly welcome you and refer patients. You could easily move to the Midwest because they need you there. Desperately. One last question. What's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? The worst advice I've ever received about Chinese medicine... God, I don't, I don't actually know the answer to this. What is the worst advice I've ever received about Chinese medicine? There's been so much worst advice. Pick one. I think the worst advice I've ever been given is that I must be committed to being a practitioner that wants to practice in a hospital or that I must do integrative medicine or that I must practice in a certain way and see a certain number of patients 
and do it differently than, than my intuition tells me to. What's your name and where are you from? Matt Callison, San Diego, California. Lucky you, San Diego. How long have you been at this, Matt? This being what? Chinese medicine. Legally practicing Chinese medicine for 27 years. I'm curious to know what you've changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years. Can you repeat that one again? In the past five years, what have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine? Nothing. Other than observing where Chinese medicine is going with the advancements in Western science now accepting its efficacy. What advice would you have for a new practitioner? Study hard. You're in the best practice, best profession in the world. What's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? That it doesn't work. What's your name and where are you from? My name is Janice. I'm from the Big Island. Big Island of Hawaii. Yum. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? Uh, about 25 years. A couple of questions. In the past five years, what you've changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine? I think in my practice, I've moved more away from herbs and more focused on just the acupuncture. So mostly because the herbs don't last very long in my climate. And I can buy lots of them and then they go bad. And so I'm finding I can do most everything with just the acupuncture. That's wonderful. You've been at this a while. What advice would you have for a new practitioner? For a new practitioner? Really get your theory down. That's really the basis of all of it. I teach at a college also students, and I, that's always what I'm taking them back to. It's like, go back, review your theory. You can't diagnose without a theory, without your theory being strong, and you can't um, come up with a treatment plan or a treatment or an herb formula unless your diagnosis is right. That makes sense. Um, what's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? Oh, that it doesn't work. <laughs> What's your name and where are you from? I'm John and I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Canada. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? 30 years. Oh, you're just getting started. I am. I'm still a novice. I'm curious to know, in the past five years, concerning Chinese medicine, what have you changed your mind about? I have come to realize that all systems offer an opportunity for change. And not all patients will respond to one system. So what I love about our, our profession is we have multiple solutions available. Five elements, TCM, Japanese style, Korean style, SAM, all kinds of different options. And that's where you have to find the lock and the key. Because patients are like a lock and you gotta find the right key to unlock them. Sometimes it's just even Qigong over their hara and their dantian or whatever, that'll change them. Sometimes it's just a little super superficial needling. Sometimes it's like a, like a deep needling. You got to find the right key. Right key for the right lock. What advice would you have for a new practitioner? I would suggest that they actually become the living embodiment of the physics of TCM, which is to really deeply understand yin and yang which means that they should understand when things veer one way, that they can correct it and adapt so that it doesn't go out of balance too much. So they really have to understand that. And when you understand that, then you navigate life as opposed to react to life. 
What's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? My way is the only way. Amy Major, and I am from Western Massachusetts, Springfield and Northampton. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine, Amy? Since 1990. I was first licensed in California, where acupuncturists are licensed as primary care providers, and now I practice in Massachusetts. Wonderful. What have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine in the past five years? In the past five years, I have changed my mind about buying anything from China directly and make sure that every herb that I have has a certification of heavy metal and, and pharmaceutical adulteration and pesticide contamination to confirm that they have none of those things. What advice would you give to a new practitioner? Find a mentor. Find a mentor, study with that person, be of value for that person, to that person and their office, and take notes. Watch with your eyes, listen with the back of your neck. What's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? Don't answer your own phone and make sure you are perceived only as the doctor. I take care of my patients' needs to the best of my ability, setting meaningful boundaries and showing up for them however they need it because we can never be above taking out the garbage. Where are you from? Michelle Vlahakis, San Diego, California. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? Uh, since 2016, so three years. Ooh, you've still got a little bit of beginner's mind left. I kind of do. <laughs> Lucky for you. What is something about Chinese medicine that you've changed your mind about since you began to study it? Something about Chinese medicine that I've changed my mind about since I've started studying. Um, well, I would say since moving to California, I now have to study Chinese herbs. Um, so I am a bit more open-minded to the benefits of herbs, and I'm looking forward to continuing my studies and doing so. Cool. Although you're new to this, you probably have plenty of experience. What advice would you give to a new practitioner? Start your practice in an environment with other acupuncturists. It's very isolating to start your own private practice. And what's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? The worst advice I've ever received about Chinese medicine? I can't say I've had bad advice. I mean, in one way, shape, or form, any advice is good advice, no matter how you spin it, right? So you can always learn something from somebody else. My name is Denise Hara, and I'm from San Diego, California. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? 30 years. I have been licensed practitioner for 30 years. Congratulations. Good for you. I'm curious to know, in the past five years, what have you changed your mind about concerning Chinese medicine? It works. <laughs> I haven't changed my mind about that, but it just, it just becomes more clear how amazing Chinese medicine is and longevity and everything and pain. It's wonderful. It's amazing medicine and I'm super excited for the future of Chinese medicine also. Do you have any advice for new practitioners? Dive in and go for it. <laughs> in recent years, the Sa'am acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Sa'am approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six chi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles 
it's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge. Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jingwell points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of chi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. What's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? It doesn't work. And it does. Absolutely does work. I'm Chloe and I'm from New York, although now I live in Colorado. Lucky you. How long have you been doing this? Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine? I've been practicing for six years. Six years. Great. So you still have a little bit of beginner's mind. I do, and I hope to keep it that way. (laughs) I'm curious to know if you've changed your mind about Chinese medicine in any way since you began to study it? Um, No, I just fall more and more in love with Chinese medicine. I mean, the potential of our medicine is infinite, and what we can do, the efficacy, the safety, it's just really mind-blowing. I'm so impressed by, like, my colleagues and everything that everybody's putting out, and I just want to keep learning. (laughs) That's great. Any advice for new practitioners? Just go for it. I mean, I think a lot of practitioners get really scared and overwhelmed when they're starting. I started, my first business was a sliding scale Chinese herb clinic. And so I see a lot of fear around Chinese herbs, but they're really, really safe. Your teachers are good. Trust them. The medicine is safe. You know, it's, it's not on you. It's, it's the medicine is the intelligence. So trust that and go for it. Have you ever received any bad advice about Chinese medicine? And if so, what was it? Oh, man. I don't know. Again, I think a lot of the bad advice is more the fear-minded thinking, sort of trying to be... I think one of the problems that a lot of new practitioners fall into is trying to be somebody that they're not, or trying to see patients that aren't a passion for them. So to me, the more you can follow what's really true to your heart and what you really want to, you know, the population you really want to work with, the style of practice that really resonates for you, I think that's the the way you're going to be the most successful. So I think that sort of trying to fit somebody else's mold is probably the worst thing you could do. Hi, my name's Olivia Sue Friedman, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? So I've been practicing um, in my own practice for about three and a half, four years. But um, I was actually raised by my grandmother who practiced acupuncture. So I've been uh, in the midst of or talking about or learning about acupuncture since I was a child. So... Were you one of those kids that like learned songs and rhymes about acupuncture at your grandmother's knee? Songs and rhymes would have been great, um, but I just got the straight Chinese. Uh, my grandmother is a really, really interesting person. She studied uh, Tai Chi throughout her life and actually traveled all over the world in order to practice with specific masters. Um, she would come back and teach me all about the philosophy of Chinese medicine and um, the basic understanding of the elements and things like that. And so... It's ingrained in my family, ingrained in my head. So before I even went to school, I had a really good idea of what it was all about. 
that's fantastic to have that kind of a background. I'm curious to know what lately has caught your interest about Chinese medicine? What aspect of our medicine has sort of got your attention and lit you up? Uh, well, I specialize in dermatology. Um, I studied with Mazen Al-Kafaji and did his TCM dermatology diploma program. And um, that in itself was really, really exciting to me because I actually had a skin condition that was completely resolved by dermatology. But now I'm involved with um, a group that does integrative dermatology. So I work with a bunch of MDs, Ayurvedic practitioners, um, naturopathic uh, practitioners, as well as TCM practitioners. And it's really become uh, apparent that we really need to work together, integrate and understand how all the different medicines work, where their limitations are, where their strengths are, so that we can actually help our patients resolve because there's no medicine that can do it all. And um, I think it's been really, really exciting to meet with all these different types of practitioners who are really, really open and willing to uh, work together. And I actually have a doctor, at, a dermatologist in Chicago, where we actually refer patients to each other and co-manage. And um, I think we're kind of leading the way. I think uh, dermatology is one of the areas where a lot of people are seeking out alternative care because the Western pharmaceuticals are really um, falling short or causing a lot of side effects. And so I think they have statistics that show like 75% of all dermatology patients end up going to an alternative medicine uh, practitioner. But, you know, we don't have all the answers either. There's certainly situations where uh, other things need to come into play as well. And I think that if we can all work together as different practitioners with different skills, I think we can actually help people. And I think that's really exciting to me to see the integration. And have you got any advice for someone who's just getting started with their acupuncture practice? I would say that it's really great to meet as many people as you can. I feel like I just kept introducing myself to various people, and a lot of doors were opened as a result of that. I went to symposiums and actually walked up to the speaker right afterwards and said, hey, I know that you're in Chicago and so am I. You know, would you mind getting together for coffee someday? And now that particular person is someone that refers patients to me. Um, I was at another conference where I was sitting next to a person and I just introduced myself to them. Turns out they ended up coming to me as a patient. And then turns out that they were the CEO of a very large patient-based support group for a particular skin condition. So they ended up sending me a lot of different patients, and I ended up speaking um, on behalf of TCM for that group. So the moral of the story is always be open to every single opportunity that can come to you. Be open to meeting every single person that you can. I think any chance you get to talk about TCM is a great opportunity to sort of meet a whole new audience of people. My name is Greg Lane, and I'm from San Diego. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? I started studying in 1990, got licensed in 94, and I've been practicing ever since. You're about mid-career then for a Chinese medicine doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although sometimes I still feel like I'm in my infancy, so. It is rather endless, isn't it? Yeah. I always tell my students there's no possible way that we'll even know a fraction of of what there is out there in the in the domain so yeah it keeps me interested as a lifelong learner i'm curious to know if there's anything about chinese medicine that you've changed your mind about in the past five years in the past five years i think uh maybe the maybe the way it's being integrated into the health the healthcare systems that we are involved with now. You know, 
maybe probably more than five years, maybe 10 years, I think. Oh, I've seen a lot more of acceptance in the field. I've seen it, obviously, our profession is being included in more and more places like hospitals and integrative medical clinics. You know, we're no longer alternative medicine, nor are we complementary in alternative medicine. We're integrative medicine, and I see that that integration uh, has uh, really evolved over the last five years, how we are integrating into uh, other areas of healthcare, how our acceptance has improved, I think, the, the patient populations that we're reaching. The practice of Chinese medicine also has changed, I think. I'm seeing a lot of practitioners incorporate things that are a little bit more technologically based, like functional medicine. Um, so things that are more expanding outside of what we would consider to be our classical approaches to, to practice. So that, that's been kind of an interesting uh, evolution. What advice would you have for a new practitioner who's just getting started? Well, I tell this to my students all the time. I say, you know, keep showing up. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. You know, we get into this medicine because we had a calling. You know, we all share the same passion for healing. I think we're all connected in that way as healers. Uh, I think where we diverge in terms of being successful practitioners, the ones that I know um, that are successful are the ones that keep showing up day after day, and they keep connected to that, that mission, that, that value. What's the worst advice you've ever received about Chinese medicine? The worst advice I've ever received about Chinese medicine. That's a tough one. Um, I think, you know, some of the, I don't know if it's advice about it as much as it is a sentiment that it doesn't work. And I think that has a lot to do with the way it's being administered here. I think we, we have a problem with insufficient um, treatment plans, the way our uh, practitioners, and maybe it's an economic structure, the way our economics are structured. Maybe we need to be considering a different economic structure, meaning price point. But I think that we are um, not really allowing ourselves to prescribe or, or devise the correct treatment plans for our patients here. So it, that's not necessarily advice as much as it is just kind of the worst, um, I don't know, practice that we're not really focusing on correct treatment plans. Hi, what's your name and where are you from? Michael Spatuzzi, and I have a practice here in San Diego. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? About 40 years. 40 years is a long time, that's great. What recently has caught your attention with Chinese medicine? What's something new that you're looking into with our medicine right now? I guess new would be in the last several years. I've been, um, I've always been thought of as having a specialty in more of an orthopedic style of work because I have a background in structural integration and lots of different types of body work. And so I uh, also trained with Esther Gokley in her posture system. So I do a lot of that type of work. But that's kind of a stepping stone because the, um, it's not an end in itself. I mean, getting, helping people get out of pain is certainly good. But the thing I like about Chinese medicine and is that it, it tends toward the more subtle side of life and increasing awareness and getting people centered into who we are and in the present moment and in sync with their lives and with nature. So helping people get out of pain gets them to the point zero where they can then start to explore those things. 
40 years. Have you got any advice for someone who's just starting up an acupuncture practice? Well, I like to joke with him that the first 30 years are the hardest. But it comes down to just keeping at it and keep following what you're interested in. You know, if you find yourself doing this type of work, there must be some type of curiosity and pleasure and, and fulfillment that motivated you to get there. And to keep following that and keep following that and trust that it's going to lead you to a good place. My name is Frank. Uh, I have a practice in Berkeley, California, and have Griffo Botanicals as an extract line. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? Uh, I've been in practice since 2005. So a while now. I'm curious to know, you know, there's always so much to learn about our medicine. I'm curious to know what has caught your attention about our medicine these days. Anything in particular about acupuncture that really has sort of uh, caught your imagination? I've been pleased to see the professionalism of the acupuncturists increase and the quality of our education increase as well. Uh, the doctoral program has been a great addition and all the research coming out has been fantastic. Any advice that you'd have for someone who's just starting up a practice? Uh, my first advice whenever I give tours to students is keep it simple in the beginning, keep your overhead low, and find something that you feel passionate about treating and focus on that. My name is Benjamin Zappin, and I uh, bilocate between Oakland, California, and Nevada City, California. Ooh, bilocate. That sounds good. I like that idea. How long have you been doing Chinese medicine? I started studying in 1995 and stuck with it. Good idea. I'm curious. So you've been at it 20 years. I'm wondering what new and recently has caught your attention about our medicine. You know, we're always finding new aspects of it. What's got your attention lately about the medicine that we practice? You know, tariffs is a, is a word that I'll offer. That's what comes to mind quickly. Uh, the impact of geopolitical uh, commerce and the impetus that we, we run a manufacturing company, and so we're very conscious of the impact of global economics on the ability to practice, faithfully practice traditional Chinese medicine. So thinking really hard about how to long-term strategize about making sure that we have access to affordable herbal medicine uh, and thinking about planting up the acreage that we just purchased as a remedy for tariffs. Wow. That's the first time I've heard something like that. One other quick little question. What advice would you have for someone who's just beginning their practice? If you're just beginning your practice, I would recommend finding a mentor, somebody who's successful and practices a style, maybe a few mentors, people who practice styles who are similar to what you identify with, faithful to uh, practice of traditional Chinese medicine. We can get into what definitions of that looks like at different times, but, um, and somebody who's successful in business, who really cares about their patients. I hope that you've enjoyed these short conversations. I'm always surprised and amazed at the incredible diversity that we have with our medicine. It's something to me that is so interesting. On one hand, these differences at times really cause disruptions and a sense of discord within our profession. And yet at the same time, all these various different points of views are also one of the deep strengths of our medicine. So thanks for listening in and be sure to tune in for a regular episode here in a couple of days.
Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community. Mm-hmm.